0: Welcome to the Archives Podcast. It gives me no better pleasure to introduce to you Archive number 6, Abby Kurola. Abby grew up in a single parent home with three younger siblings. Life was tough. Because her mom had a full-time job, she had to learn to cook and take care of her younger brothers. On top of all that, This family was constantly moving. Abby once shared that she and her mother would be moving refrigerators, stoves, and even heavy furniture. Just them too. That should give you a visual of the literal, emotional, and mental burden they had to live with. But even with all that, Abby's grandmother and family created a solid Christian foundation that was later key in Abby's salvation. Let's take a listen. I know that your mom was pregnant with you while she was living in Dallas, Texas, but you weren't born there. Where were you born? I was born
1: here in El Paso, Texas. My mom and my dad were living in Dallas. So when my mom was pregnant with me, my dad went to prison. Then... For a vacation? For a vacation, as they call it, a church, (laughs) apparently. No, but he was... um, he went to prison and my mom pretty much lost everything um, that was they were both working together and it was hard for her to just keep up with just payments and everything lawyers and everything that was needed for my dad so we ended up moving to El Paso. She ended up moving to El Paso and that's where I was born. We She has an aunt, I have an aunt here in El Paso and that's where she was able to stay and that's why I was born
0: here in El Paso. You didn't end up staying here in El Paso. Uh, you went to Mexico. What was the reason? Yes, so
1: I, we went to Mexico. I remember my mom telling me a story where she, she just pretty much had lost everything. She felt like she couldn't offer anything to us. And she said that she won. She had us, her kids and went to a pay pay phone and she was going to call the police and say that there were some kids that were abandoned and she was going to leave us there and pretty much just abandon us but not because she didn't love us she just felt like she she couldn't do it on her own but she said God touched her when she was going to do that and and she ended up just calling my uncle who lived in Cuauhtémoc Chihuahua and she was just like I I can't do this you know like I'm struggling and he said just come over and that's how we ended up in Cuauhtémoc Chihuahua.
0: So you arrive in Mexico and where did where did it all begin? So I mean there's a lot of things I don't really
1: remember we were little but I pretty much grew up in Mexico like i'm a mexican just not by nationality (laughs) but um i was there until i was 18 years old that's when i came to the united states um my grandma she was a big support in our family with my mom and her kids like my siblings and she's the one that always introduced us the the word you know she she's saved she's been saved uh since she was probably 18 years old. So I grew up in a Christian family, always knowing about God and seeing my grandma, you know, like waking up early to prayer and her Bible reading and and I mean she's she's amazing. My mom wasn't always saved. She was like on and off with her salvation and um that's why she I mean, she had four kids, single mother, and she's one of the racist. Um, she did get a lot of help from family members and my grandma, but my mom's amazing. I mean, she always worked really, really hard to just to take care of us, and even though, which is crazy and kind of awesome, even though she wasn't always close to God or you know like when she was backsliding she always made sure that we were there on Sundays for church like we were always to church on Sundays and Wednesdays like we didn't miss church even though she didn't really lived it she made sure we knew about it and we grew up that way and of course um, that's how we we were raised
0: I mean we were raised in a Christian household I can't imagine the load that your mom had to bear being a single parent and having to raise you kids and so how was it for you personally living in that type of home a Christian home but uh, only being raised by your mother you know um,
1: my mom was always working she was always at work and I was it was like I would say that she was the husband I was the wife because I have three brothers so I will take care of the household and she will work and I I never resent her for that because I knew she had to work and and I knew she she couldn't be home because she needed to provide for us um I never Growing up, I never thought that not having a dad had an effect on my life or the way I was. I always thought I didn't care that I didn't have a dad. I will even say to my friends, like, oh, I really don't care. I mean, I don't need one. So that shaped me into a feminist. (laughs) And a lot of things that I did, you know, not knowing that the fact that I didn't have a dad made me look for someone to replace that that void you know like that love that it didn't receive
0: what type of things are you talking about so looking back at my teenage years you know
1: I I was always looking for attention and I would date boys even just to feel pretty, you know, like, I was very insecure about the way I looked. I was very insecure. Um, I, I was always seeking approval, and I also dated, like, older guys. I remember, like, I had a boyfriend. He was, like, 18 or 19, and I was, like, barely 13 years old, and it was always somebody older, you know, and I just... I knew that I was just seeking for just somebody to fill that void and just feel special, and feel pretty, feel loved. Um because I didn't receive that at home. My mom had to work. I mean, I know she loves me, but I was missing something. I I just I just didn't know that I was missing and which is crazy is that I grew up hearing that God is the father to the fatherless, you know. But I remember thinking, like, what? Well, like, it's not the same. <laughs> I like, I he's not here. Like, I can't see him. I can't, you know. Like, and I never gave that the like the importance that it really does have. Like, I never let it be a thing in my life. So I just look for something else, something more real in my eyes at that point of my life
0: Did you ever meet your father?
1: I did. I met my dad when I was 7 years old. I literally saw him twice in my life. The first time when I was 7 years old, we my grandma, his mom picked up us picked us up in Mexico and they She took us to, I want to say he was in San Antonio, like in the prison there. And that's when I met him when I was seven years old. And the next time I saw him was at his funeral, two years later. He had been released from prison and he died. Somebody killed him after getting out of prison. So that's the only two times I saw my dad.
0: and how did that make you feel
1: honestly like I I I didn't feel anything I don't know if this sounds crazy but I never like I didn't know my dad you know like I saw him twice even meeting him I was like oh like he looks pretty clean (laughs) Prisons in the United States are really clean. I was like, oh, he looks pretty clean. And I really don't have memory of him or missing him. It was mainly the fact that I didn't have him. It was more the father figure that I always craved, that I always wanted in my life. So when he died, I remember we we went to Juarez for the funeral and we were waiting for his body. And I remember so clearly like we're waiting at my grandma's house because they used to, I don't know if they still do that, but they used to have them in their homes for a couple of days and I fell asleep. I was little. I mean, I was nine years old and my grandma, my mom woke me up when the body arrived. And I remember like, I went to see him and I just saw him and didn't think really anything of it um, he was, he was a stranger. I mean, I just met him once. So I really, it didn't really affect me at that moment. It was mainly just growing up and just making decisions in my life that really showed that I really was affected by the fact that I didn't
0: have a dad in my life. So I know that you were actually baptized when you were about 15 years old and did you give your life to jesus at that point what what determined you to ultimately get baptized so
1: like i said i grew up in the christian family so i did i didn't know about god and and i loved going to church and everything so eventually when i was older a teenager um i can say I do I did have a relationship with God and I loved him and uh, I was going to a church where the youth they were really involved in church you know like we just loved going to church we loved singing and and worshiping God and it was it was awesome you know like and I was like I there was um a, a camp that they used to do once a year And it was for the whole family, but they will split like the groups, like the youth and the kids and the parents or the couples. And they will do, it was like a whole week camp for the whole family. And they will do activities for everybody and people will get baptized there in the river. So I truly, truly gave my life to God when I was like 15. And the next year at the camp, that's when I got baptized.
0: Did you maintain your relationship with God? all throughout your years so i got saved and then
1: i got when i got baptized so i got saved at 15 years old and we left Guatemoc chihuahua we moved to uh, tijuana baja california in mexico because my mom was offered um just to work at an orphanage so we lived there we lived at the orphanage i helped with the girls, I help with the kids, you know, just help there. We, we, um, we grew up in a family where um, orphanages or uh, rehabilitation centers was like a really big thing in our family. Like, my uncle has had a rehabilitation center, uh, my grandpa has started like a house when he was younger. So, my uncle is the one that was in Tijuana and invited my mom, they needed more help. And he's the one that was already at the orphanage. So we all moved there. Then I came back just to get baptized. I was still maintaining my relationship with God. Even throughout just being there in, in Baja California. We were there for two years and a half before going, moving to the United States. And towards the end of just being there, that's when I started just drifting away again, you know, like it didn't last too long for me to just, um, getting back to just want to be loved, my insecurities and just wanting to have a boyfriend or somebody to make me feel loved or pretty. And eventually that's when a little by little, I just started, you know, they say like, oh, there's really nothing wrong to listen to just regular music and maybe it's not <laughs> like maybe there's not but in my case I knew that I started listening to songs and it started reminding me of things or making me feel things and I wanted to be loved and pretty and just started letting things in my life that were not necessary of God and they're not always just straight up bad things you know but you don't know where you're gonna be open like you don't know what kind of door you're opening and you know and that's where i was like drifting away and eventually i backslid so probably like two and a half years after
0: getting saved you mentioned that you moved back to the us and what was the reasoning for that so
1: i when i was 18 years old that's when i ended up coming back to el paso after living pretty much my whole life in mexico didn't even speak English or knew anybody except my aunt. Um, When I was in Mexico, I couldn't go to school because they made this uh, number. It's called La Curp, And it's like a social security number in Mexico that if you don't have it, they made made it a requirement that you needed it to be able to go to school. So I couldn't go to school unless I had like a dual citizenship and that cost money. And my mom had asked uh, one of her cousins if I can come and live with him, and he was like, "No, I raised a girl here, and girls are trouble, and da da da." So she can't come, and I was pretty bummed. But I was not going to school for like a year in Mexico when I was 17 years old. I stopped going to school, which I was not happy about it because I always wanted to get an education, and we grew up poor so I wanted to better myself and I just didn't want to have the type of life that I had when I was little you know just the struggles the struggle with money and all of that so I remember one day my mom and I were sitting on her bed and I was telling her like what am I gonna do like what am I gonna do with my life like I can't go back to school here and it cost so much money for me to just get dual citizenship for me to go to school and i'm like and even if i can't like we we can't really afford it and as we're saying that this is a year after my mom called my uncle she gets a phone call and it's my uncle and he's like uh fine you can send your daughter i'll take care of her here uh the other one went to the navy so that's fine i can deal with one girl
0: One girl at a time. One
1: girl at a time will be better. So, yes, I mean, it was crazy. And the timing, we are just talking about it. And she got the call. And next thing you know, I'm in the United States, not knowing a thing of what's going on around me.
0: (laughs) So at this point, you are 18? 18, yes. You're 18 years old and you're backslidden at this point you know you're not really serving god and you moved to the u.s to go to college and what university did you end up going to
1: so when i came to the united states i actually did
0: high school first
1: um they didn't take all my credits from mexico and i had to stop for a year in mexico with high school. so when i came here i did high school in a year and a half it was crazy i did before school after school play-doh credit by exam and learn english at the same time so
0: then i went to youtube so you're away from you know your mom and your family and you're living over here basically on your own going to school what was your life like at this point
1: i mean the first two years i cried every single day because i wanted to be in mexico i mean i've never been in the united states I can't speak the language it was very stressful but then I started making friends and I started like just partying and like I was out like I was in high school and I there were days that um, I will go out on a part to a, like I will go party and then take work, working out workout clothes with me and then just put it on at 6 in the morning and pretend that I had gone running
0: to try to fool
1: your to uncle to try to fool my uncle like i was sleeping here i just got from home from my running
0: and what would you do S- spray water on yourself yeah, was like, like, if like you were sweating
1: clothes and like it was sweating and i mean he told me he knew that eventually <laughs> he's like yeah i knew you were
0: partying you smelled like aquafina yeah. <laughs> he's
1: like you didn't fool me but he was not strict so in mexico like i was I've saw drugs once in my life and it was my brother, like he literally went on a mission and it was the most secretive thing, like to just find a little bit of weed and I come to America and they sell it during my math class. Like I have people offering me pilas, which I thought they were batteries and that's not what they were trying to sell me. <laughs> so I was like, wait a minute. Like everybody's telling Mexico is like the country of the drugs, which I'm not saying is not true, but here is like the raves and all that which I didn't do but I did try drugs I did try the alcohol the partying and everything and I mean going to college it got even worse um I I was living with my uncle then um then I moved in with my aunt their cousins my mom's sister and that's when I was living with her and it was the same I mean I even had parties at her house like Crazy parties where it will get out of control and it was just so easy you know and I had a lot of like friendships where I mean they're not real friendships like it was just like a partying company like it's just the people that will be there with you just to have fun but I never really had like good
0: true friends so uh during college is when you actually met Adam, right?
1: Yep. Trouble trouble.
0: <laughs> Tell me how you guys ended up meeting.
1: He was a stalker. Okay. <laughs> no. So we had a class. I even know the class, art appreciation.
0: Which I, I didn't appreciate. Sure, <laughs> I'm sure you didn't appreciate it. I didn't
1: appreciate or I, I didn't appreciate <laughs> Uh, we had a class together and he followed me and he like tried to talk to me and I'm like who's this guy trying to talk to me but he was very persistent so he kept talking to me so he happened to be parked right next to my car so we walked together to our cars and he asked me for my number so honestly I, I was just like I just gave it to him because I it was hard for me to be mean to be so I was like, sure, I gave it to him. And he texted me that day. And I was like, who is this? He was like, hey, it's Adam. We met today. And I'm like, eh, not interested. But, I mean, he would text me every day. And, well, that's that's my version. Of course, he'll give you a different one.
0: They always do. <laughs> they always
1: do. But, honestly, just mine's the real one. <laughs> then, I mean... I really didn't, like, I was not interested. He was really persistent, um, but we ended up dating. <laughs> we ended up dating for, like, four months. Then we bro- broke up. Like, it, we, he broke up with me. He Threw, broke up with you. Through a text message. But, because he knew I was going to break up with him. But. So, he wanted to beat you to of punch. Of course, of course. So, he broke up with me. We split up for three years and I mean he moved on with his life I moved on with my life and he never stopped stalking me he never stopped? (laughs) he never stopped I mean (laughs) look at us we're married now
0: (laughs) three years go by and you guys haven't seen each other haven't talked to each other how did you guys even get reconnected? um
1: I was in a relationship in that time frame and you know social media you post when you're in a relationship and when you're not you just delete everything so he noticed that i had deleted everything so he sends me a message he's like hey let's hang out actually he offered me a job (laughs) that was his way to get me to talk to him we go to applebee's for a job meeting uh an interview interview (laughs) that we talked nothing about but um He was he was uh ended up being a date be a, Her girlfriend I'm telling you he's really good at this. He's like hey job interview and I ended up on a date with him at Applebee's and I mean it just seeing him again and all that I, it just like sparkled everything like <laughs> like oh hey, I like this guy. <laughs> I haven't seen him in three years, but
0: well, I love be- him <laughs> It was giving you a job, I mean.
1: <laughs> right. Which I never worked. That's the kind of job you need. So,
0: what type of relationship did you guys have? Did it, did it just work flawlessly? Oh, yes. Everything was perfect.
1: <laughs> the end. The end. <laughs> no, I mean, obviously when you're in love, everything just seems perfect and and, and it was crazy I mean we dated for like a month and then my mom she um she got sick and by this time she had opened her own orphanage in Chihuahua and she had about 14 kids and she her back she hurt her back and she couldn't do it and I'm like and I mean I'm still going to college I just started a relationship with my husband and I just knew like I had to leave So I go back to Mexico for... I drop out of one of my classes. The other ones were online. So I get to do it while I was in Mexico. And I leave him for five months. We broke up like probably every single day in those four (laughs) months. (laughs) I mean, we literally loved each other and hated each other the next day. I mean, it was hard just being in a long distance relationship. And that's where he kind of proposed to me. He's like, hey... I realized I can't live without you and I want to spend the rest of my life with you. And I was like, all right, let's do it. It it was on a love day. (laughs) It was uh, all through Messenger, uh, Facebook. (laughs) How romantic. It is. It was. (laughs) It was not the time I was like, oh, he loves me. I mean, he does love me, but (laughs) let let me make that
0: clear. (laughs) <laughs> so you're living in Mexico. I'm in Mexico. And you're now engaged, quote unquote. Kinda, yes. Um,
1: I'm in Mexico taking care of 14 kids all by myself. I mean, waking, waking up at five in the morning, cooking for them, getting them ready for school. Um, It's a, it's a really hard work, but very rewarding. I mean, those kids, they don't have... Families, they don't, they, we were their family, you know, so it was very rewarding, and after five months, I, I mean, I needed to finish my, my school, and I come back, so I come back, and my husband invites me to just go live with him, which is crazy, because, I mean, I grew up always knowing, you know, like, I will never live with my boyfriend before getting married or I will never do this and that. And that's when you really, when you open the door to something, I mean, it only gets bigger and bigger. You either shut it down completely or you know that a little crack will turn into just wide open to so many things. And um, coming back to the United States after being there for five months, I just
0: move in with him. So after a year and a half of living together um what was the state of your relationship was it great was it miserable
1: i mean it it wasn't miserable i was
0: really in love with him i'm still I am don't finish the ending
1: oh sorry sorry you can add that at the end so it's still a mystery at
0: this point whether you love him or not (laughs)
1: okay okay i sorry to spoil it um so we're living together and i mean relationship wise we were good you know like we would have fun we i was like so in love with him like i really didn't care about anything but there were a lot of things that just happened and, and I, I just knew that I was so lost, you know, like I am with this guy that I love, that he loves me, that wants to spend the rest of his life with me and I'm still missing something. I am still crying at nights, do just knowing God was not Happy with the way I was living just knowing I'm disappointing him just knowing that everything that I said I wouldn't do when I was saved I did it you know there are things that I was like I will never do that and I did that and and God like he never left me like he never stopped reminded me that i was his that i was meant for something different and that i knew that i wasn't living right and and i would i would cry at night into adam like we're not living right like this is not right this is not the way things are supposed to be and i will cry and then him just do like make me stop <laughs> he'll be like oh i can go to church so we We'll go to church like once every like three months like it was inconsistent. It was just hard to s- stick to just going to church because we're living in sin, you know like we go to church, we still come back home to us living together, you know and and so we wouldn't continue to go
0: and what church did you guys go to?
1: We went to the door christian fellowship (laughs) and
0: how did you even know which church to go to or who decided to go to that church
1: so adam's parents used to go to that church when he was like a teenager his brothers were actually really involved in youth and i mean adam was a little older and he wasn't really as involved in church because he um, he went to college and then he became a dad when he was 19 years old. and um, he was doing his own little thing, you know, He had two daughters by the age of 21. So he knew about the church and he had like he had gone there when he was younger, just not very consistently. he wasn't like a member of the church. It was more his parents and his brothers
0: so you guys used to go to the door christian fellowship and never once crossed your mind like hey let's get saved let's get right um it was just kind of repetitive of your old lifestyle it was kind of like um you know like when
1: you know like you're not doing something right but it's like okay like it really takes a lot to really quit doing that like just stop doing it and I'm not kidding you We, there was somebody I don't even know who it is I should find out but we will go visit and there was this guy that will text Adam every single Saturday and every single Sunday and we will be like wow this guy doesn't give up he's not getting the message like we're not gonna go to church he'll be like hey tomorrow we're gonna have church at 11 in the morning oh no we can't make it well we also have the 6.30 server service I mean he was faithful like whoever that is good job (laughs) but uh he was really persistent and we're like no we're not gonna go and it took months after like we finally decided I mean we just we'll go there whenever I had like guilt and like it will fix my guilt but this is crazy I will like raise my hand get saved or just and go to the altar and I'll be like thinking like shoot like we have a party next week and if I really like if I really do this I can't go uh
0: you you thought you'd come back the next Sunday and yeah and I was like get saved like, again
1: oh what I do like I just bought all this clothes it's not really church appropriate and it is brand new like super shallow dumb things that I was like nah so I was like well we'll see we'll see what happens and obviously it was just like go months without going to church but I was still I mean obviously I didn't want to make the I want I didn't want to do the work but I also nothing changed I was still empty I was still feeling that void in my heart I was still unhappy like I was happy with Adam but I was still missing something you know and I was like, my mom, we wanted to get married when we had the money to afford a wedding and afford a visa for my mom so she could be at the wedding since she didn't have one. I mean, that would have, I that was like, that's going to take so many years. And that means we're going to live like this. My mom, by the way, nobody in my family knew I was living with Adam. Like, For a year and a half nobody knew I was living with my boyfriend they thought I was still with my roommate and they would be like hey they had her and this and that I mean nobody knew so I was truly living a double life like pretending to be this person with my family because they're all Christians I mean they're Christians so I was pretending to be somebody that I wasn't and that was also hunting me down like I was like I just can't live like this. Like, I can't live just hiding everything. And I was like, we're never, it's never going to happen. Like, if we're waiting for a a wedding to happen, it's not going to happen. So we decided to just get married through court. And we did.
0: So you got married, uh, no ceremony, no reception, no family. You just went, uh, you got married and you both went your separate ways for the day. So I'm sure you very shortly realize how marriage doesn't fix everything and probably only magnifies uh, the real issues that are going on. What was the point in your life that you really realized that you needed to surrender your life to God?
1: So we get married and I wanted to divorce him like the next week. (laughs) Like literally, it was just the thought of this is it. Like that's it, I can't break up with him anymore. And I was just freaking out about the fact that that was gonna be forever. And it just got really ugly. Like we started fighting, we started fighting a lot. I mean, not that our relationship was perfect before we got officially married. But it got really, really, really ugly. And a month after we got married, we go back to church and we decided, I think we we went for like two services and he gave his life to Christ first and I did on December, no January 3rd, exactly a month after we got married.
0: Let's talk about January 3rd. Um, Adam is already saved at this point and what were you feeling that you felt inclined to to surrender? I mean it was just
1: like I'm married now like this has to work it has to because my mom was a single mom and even though we didn't have kids it was like I'm not gonna be a divorced woman like i'm not i always said that i wanted to just be married once and forever and obviously us living together and doing all the things the wrong way it it carries into your into your marriage you know you 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 don't do things god's way you do it your way and there's consequences and so we're at church and i mean he was saved like probably like a week before i got saved and then the next Sunday i go and i'm like okay like this is real and it was a lot easier for me to do it too because even though i was the one begging him to go to church he's the one that took the first step to like really surrender and i was like and it was honestly it's a blessing that we both got saved because i know that a lot of couples it's one gets saved first and then the other one or one doesn't even get saved and it's hard because not you're fighting for your salvation and your marriage and for your spouse salvation you know and and just but he was really moved and touched by God like he was really sensitive to God's word and God speaking into his life and it was like really like wow like this is incredible so I decided to to like that, take that step as as well and, and, and we both are saved by December
0: 3rd so perfect now you're saved you're married you have four kids and now life is just perfect isn't it of course it is once you're
1: saved it all changes <laughs> no but in all seriousness um, you know we, we do things our way, and there are consequences, you know, for our actions. There's always um, um, there's a cause and effect. And I, I did things my way. We did things our my way, and marriage didn't fix it and make it disappear. And I need we needed something greater, and that's when we get saved. But it doesn't mean it just at all just turns into rainbows and butterflies and it's all perfect. But there's there's this the hope of you changing, of you you being a better person, and and knowing that no matter how hard life gets, you're not alone, and there's no void, there's no just looking for that peace that we're missing like we're complete and although it's not perfect and life will never be perfect it's beautiful just to know that god loves us no matter what like he just loves us and takes us as we are and he's willing to work with us and be like all right you messed it all up that was not my plan but i can work with you i can i can do something good something better I can I can fix it just let me fix it you know and just letting God work on our lives and in and, and our marriage and just letting him be the the center of our marriage because I mean without God there's we wouldn't be here right now you know I mean I wanted to divorce him a week after we went to the court and if if we would have continued without god without making that decision of just giving our lives to to christ i mean i don't i don't think we'll be together you know because the the devil doesn't like successful marriages and he's always going to be attacking and attacking us but jokes on him you know (laughs) because we have god on our side and we're not fighting our battles alone like we have him and he's greater than him and thanks to him like Adam and I are growing together and getting to know each other I mean we're kind of freshly married uh it's been five years and we have four kids he had the two girls by the time we got married and that uh, we have two boys it's crazy because they're crazy but they're a blessing you know and and they're a gift from God because I did things in life that if I were to think back and and look at things that I did in my past I'm like I don't even deserve to be a mother you know like I will feel that way but there's redemption and there's forgiveness and just to think that God forgives us forgave absolutely everything that I did It's just mind-blowing you know and and it's just amazing just moving forward and and just looking back at the way my life is was before having God into in my life like I mean Christ in my heart and just follow him and just serving him It was a mess, and it was just going down the hill. Like, it wasn't going to get any better. And I found... (laughs) I found what I was looking for my whole life, you know? god really god really is the the father to the fatherless i mean he is he's the one that really filled that void that i had and i mean i wish i would have just given him the chance a lot sooner but i'm glad he's in my life i mean he's always in my life but i'm glad i let him in you know and I was just looking in the wrong places and I'm just so happy that I finally got to this point where I just let him in and and just I feel complete
0: well a personal testimony of your friendship I mean you are an amazing friend and an amazing wife and a mother and it is so awesome to see that all that God has done in just a short amount of time I mean you can just hear how far God has brought you it's amazing to me to see um, Adam and you both have such a foundation in christianity and although you didn't follow it you know through your teenage years god brought you all the way back and that's what matters and you both are living for him today and i just want to thank you for taking the time to share your testimony